Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. I'm your host, Andrew Brandt. That music you hear is from my offspring, the one and only Sam Brandt, musical producer. Check him out on Boy Blue Tunes on Spotify. This show is produced, as always, by the extraordinary Brian Neal. We're going to do some rants this week, and, uh, you know, it's going to be some personal stuff about a contract I saw in the NFL this week by someone that uh, brought a lot of memories back for me. I'll also talk about the Deshaun Watson situation. I'm getting so many questions on email and text and through the website even, I mean, through the podcast even, about what's going to happen to Deshaun Watson. And uh, the turn of events that someone we were talking about weeks ago about the trade issue and all of that. Um, And then more questions I've had about voidable contracts, which everyone seems to be getting into. They're kind of a vogue thing in the NFL right now. So a little more explanation on that. I know I talked about Taysom Hill last week, but it seems like everyone's getting into it, including my old team, the Packers, doing a lot of avoidable deals, but not touching the contract of one Aaron Rodgers, which I'll talk about. Okay, I'm starting today with a different sport, though. It is now past, hour past the trade deadline for the NBA, the National Basketball Association. And those of you who follow me know I have a passing interest in them. I'm a diehard Philadelphia 76ers fan have been through since the tanking years with Sam Hankey, who is actually a friend and someone I admire, but uh, broke the team down to studs and built it back up. And they had these two transcendental stars and Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. And so I was watching them closely on the trade deadline. They did acquire George Hill uh, from OKC for a couple backup players and, and second round picks. I know people wanted a bigger name, whether it was Oladipo or Kyle Lowry or whoever it may be, but here we are. Uh, Just some notes on the trade deadline. This really puts the NFL trade deadline to shame, and I think that's something we've known for a long time, and I think baseball does that too to an extent. For whatever reason, the NFL is not that interested in trade deadline buzz, and maybe it's because, as we talked about last week, with these monstrous TV deals, they're the king of the, the road, they're the emperor, they're the king of every kind of programming imaginable, and talk, radio, and interest, and level of engagement beyond any sport. So they're probably like, why do we care about the trade deadline? But I think they should care, because look at all the buzz that we have today in the trade deadline. And it always happens at the deadline, right? You know my saying, deadlines per action. And that's what we've had today. In the NBA, uh, we've had movement. I just mentioned Victor Oladipo. That seems like quite a trade where Houston unloads Oladipo to Miami, who's a contending team, who's trying to make a run, who's trying to push, and all they give up, and nothing against these players, but all they give up is Kelly Olenek and Avery Bradley. Now, those are rotation players and maybe even starters, I'm not even sure, but you know they don't have the upside that Victor Oladipo. Oladipo is an A-minus player. Those guys are BB-plus players, so... That's the difference. So that's the trade to sort of look at. Um, You also see trades out there where Rondo comes to the Clippers. Playoff Rondo is what we all expect in the bubble. What we saw last year in the bubble, what we hope to see this year. He sort of raises his game, and he's traded for Lou Williams. The, uh, The ageless Lou Williams goes back to Atlanta. But really, what's interesting about the NBA compared to the NFL is when you have these trades, so much of it, in all, a lot of it is talent, but what we see so often is 
in NBA trades, it's financial, it's business. In other words, they're getting value for getting, say, an expiring contract because then you'll have that cap room to use next year. You're getting value when you get picks or prospects as opposed to not getting equal value with the player you're trading away. You have winners and losers. I'm sorry, you have sellers and buyers in the NBA draft, NBA trade deadline that you don't seem to really have. In the NFL, in the NFL, we always made a point at the Packers to to push for a later tread deadline like they have in basketball and baseball. And it was pushed back a couple of weeks from week six to week eight, but it's still too early. Too early to really identify who are the buyers and sellers where you could get someone for a stretch run like they do in baseball all the time. And I had discussions with NFL league executives about that. Why don't you do that? Why don't we have that? And the answer was always, we don't really want to be baseball. We don't want to rent a player deal. We don't want to bring in a guy for a stretch run to sort of upset the competitive balance. And I would answer, why? <laughs> you know, why? And it's just something, again, the NFL is a little stuck in its ways and doesn't need a lot of innovation in these kind of things to maintain level of interest about it. But I thought NBA was fascinating today. So many trades going on, a lot of them. For players that are named players, which you see so little of in the NFL. Now, there are a lot of trades for players that the average NBA fan doesn't even know, but hey, that's part of it as well. But it's assets. You look at a team like Oklahoma City that's trading away players right and left and getting assets, kind of like what I talked about with the Sixers five, ten years now, five, seven years ago. So I think there was a, a report that 34 picks over the next seven years, 34 picks, and there are only two rounds in the NBA draft for the OKC Thunder, 34 picks, 17 first round, 17 second round. Wow. Wow. So they're just building it up over there uh, and actually, you know, winning more games than everyone thought they would. So all is good in OKC, a team that lost Kevin Durant and then Paul George and then Russell Westbrook. So probably a shell of a team that they thought the fans thought they would have by now, but again, for the future. So the NBA trade deadline, they have the buzz. MLB has the buzz. NFL doesn't have the buzz. Does NFL care? Not really. Does NFL want to move the trade deadline later? No. Does NFL want to allow cash for trades? No. Again, that makes for more trading. Does NFL want to allow cap room for trades? No. Trade exceptions like the NBA. There was one in Today, where the uh, Boston Celtics acquired Evan Fournier from Orlando for that trade exception. Again, this is complicated. NBA. NBA is a very soft cap, a yarmulke for my Jewish friends. You can get around things. Whatever the cap is, it's not really that it. It's not really that number. It's ways to get around it. Smart GMs can do that. And that's really my final point here. I've talked about the NFL capping down this year and cap managers, front offices can really separate themselves with the limited resources and show some shrewdness. I think that's true in the NBA more than the NFL, where it seems like general managers can really be shrewd with acquisitions and depending on their philosophies, really gain advantages. Um, Again, my Sixers, they acquired George Hill today for C-level players that they give up you know, third string players and second round picks. That seems like a valuable trade. Again, OKC, who knows what their motivations are, but uh, Daryl Moore, the GM of the Sixers, takes advantage of those motivations in making this trade. Now, could other people have done that? Sure, but he did it. So that's where we are. Okay, the second rant, let's get to the NFL. 
because uh, I think we're talking technically about the cap here and how different the NBA. NBA does not have proration in their cap. So if you do a contract with an NBA player for $30 million a year, chances are the contract looks something like 26, 28, 30, 32, 34, something like that, right, over the years. There's no massive signing bonus. There's no option bonuses. There's no roster bonuses because everything's guaranteed. Now, you get to the NFL, and we talk about proration being a feature of the cap. Why? Who knows? It was something that was baked into the salary cap system at the start of the cap in 1993. And once again, to review, for salary cap aficionados, you should know this, but you can prorate a bonus for cap purposes. So if you give a player a $20 million signing bonus over a five-year deal, you can prorate for a year so that $20 million cash turns into $4 million cash. You push out $16 million for a year the next four years, and that's great. It helps your short-term cap. It's happening all over. Now, the problem is if you separate from the player next year, for example, the $16 million that's unamortized proration immediately accelerates and you have that dead money hit on your cap. That's something we've talked about before. What has become vogue in this down cap year, and I'm seeing it a lot of teams, not just Taysom Hill and the Saints, is voidable years. So let me explain again, and I've tried to explain this before. Voidable years simply allow a team to create fictitious years, dummy years, fake years, whatever you want to call them, that void automatically upon a certain date. So Juju Smith-Schuster's contract, Taysom Hill's contract, the Packers in four or five contracts, what they have done is added dummy fake fictitious years to the contract, taken a number in the existing year now prorated it out into those dummy years to create short-term cap relief. When the contract automatically voids at the end of the year, let's pick a date, Super Bowl Sunday, these contracts automatically void, what will happen is the unamortized proration of the dummy years will immediately accelerate, we'll have a dead money charge in 2022 when teams are not as cap-strapped. So that's what's happened. And it just seems like there was much more than when I talked to you last week of this happening. Why? Because teams are strapped. And when you positively, desperately need cap room, this seems to be the way to do it now. You know me. I've been saying all along the cap wizards would never have to do this. It doesn't take a cap wizard to do this. It keeps someone that's in trouble with the cap to do this. So as far as I know... We've got a bunch of these deals. I mentioned Juju Smith-Schuster, Steelers, of course, cap pain. Saints, huge cap pain doing this with Taysom Hill. This happened with J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt with the Cardinals was given a a few dummy years. It's two real years, I believe. And then some dummy years prorated out. So you push out the bonus and you'll have the dead money charge later. The Packers, a team that I would never think would be doing this because I managed the cap for 10 years there, and I would never think of voidable years. It just never, we always maintain cap room. That was important to us. But they're strapped. They're over a barrel with cap. And signing Aaron Jones, I guess, put them in a tough spot. So here they are. I think they took Mason Crosby's contract. They took a few other contracts. They basically bonused out the, what was in this year and added some fake years. 
voidable contracts. The contract's void at the end of the year, the unadvertised prohibition comes up, and that's it. So we have this kind of new, I don't it's too probably too much to call it trend. So one one other aspect of the Packers. They have not, according to reports, touched Aaron Rodgers' contract. Now, he had a $6.8 million roster bonus. They could have bonused that out. Roster bonuses are not prorated. They could have turned it to a signing bonus. They did not. So when they did not, now we have a situation where they have not pushed more future proration in Aaron Rodgers, which if you're going to try to read tea leaves on this, it tells you this is not something they want to add to a dead money charge because they are going to move on from Aaron Rodgers. And this shouldn't shock anyone. From the moment Jordan Love was drafted, I said there's an expiration date now on Rodgers and the Packers. To me, the only question is whether it's 2022 or 2023. So we will see uh, if Aaron Rodgers is moved on next year or the year after. But I, I, I hate to say it because you have the MP, MVP of the league serving as a placeholder, but that's where we are. And I think that's some reasoning behind not touching his contract, not going to it and restructuring this bonus. They can still restructure some of that big salary, 14 whatever million dollars he has. But the fact they didn't and they're doing all these voidable years instead seems odd. Seems odd. Okay. That's my rant about voidable years. Back to the rants in a second. First, a word from DraftKings Sportsbook, our sponsor. You know the focus right now, March Mania. DraftKings Sportsbook is offering all new customers a shot at turning $1 into $100. If the college basketball team of their choosing pulls off the win, that's 100 to 1 odds on any college basketball team to win their next tournament game. Few legalities. New customers only. Maximum bet of just $1. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Back to the rants. Okay, let's talk about Deshaun Watson. Everyone's asking what's going to happen. Oh, it's just such a turn of events that it was, what, probably two weeks ago, that all the conversation, and this goes on since January, so three months of conversation, two and a half months, where Deshaun Watson has told everyone, according to his agent, according to, well, according to whatever has been out there, all the sources, that there's no way in God's green earth he's ever going to play for the Houston Texans again. The Texans have told anyone who listened, there's no way in God's green earth they're going to trade Deshaun Watson. So we've been at this standstill. And then when Goff is traded and Wentz and traded, everyone's doing the photoshopping of Deshaun Watson and what's it going to take? Five number one picks, et cetera, et cetera. I've been on this lonely island for months saying there's no way they're not going to trade Deshaun Watson. He's got no leverage. What's he going to do? Miss Zoom meetings. It's not worth it. It's not going to happen. And if it does happen, earliest we would start thinking about it would be August when the team gathers. He makes himself a pain in the butt and the Texans have to trade him, blah, blah, blah. I don't worry about the draft and how many picks they could get in this draft and whatever from the Jets or Miami. It's not happening. Now it's not happening for a different reason. What we have the last 10 days or so is this drip, drip, drip of sexual assault, civil lawsuits by masseuses. I think all of these women are massage therapists against Watson. Uh, again, without getting salacious, just, uh, whether there was sex, there was touching, there was inappropriate behavior in these massages, which at least for one of them, it sounds like 
the marketing rep for Watson is saying that was consensual. Anyway, we have a lawyer full of bluster in Houston that is piling up these lawsuits. Uh, I think at this count, 14 lawsuits against Watson and a rumor to be going up to the 20s some, somewhere. On the other side, speaking of bombastic lawyers with some bluster, Watson has hired Rusty Harden, known for representing Roger Clemens years ago. Again, full of bluster, bombastic. Now we have two of them. We will see what comes out of all this with these civil lawsuits, whether HPD, Houston Police Department gets involved, something criminal may come out of this. In the, me- in the meantime, as these lawyers are going to spin their stories in the media, as they always do, I mean, not always, but these two lawyers, they will. They're already doing so, at least one of them on Instagram, on Facebook, and now we'll see where Harden responds. But I'm more interested in the long arm of Goodell more than the long arm of the law in this situation. Uh, I know people are going to say innocent until proven guilty. I know people are saying no criminal charges. I know people are going to say Deshaun Watson's been a character, uh, highest character possible. He's got so many people to vouch for him, all of that. But everything to me as a lawyer is precedent. And Roger Goodell has shown a precedent since he came to the league. There's no, I, I've said this in a hundred years, we're going to look back at the tenure of Roger Goodell and Number one or two that we're going to talk about, besides making money in these TV deals, is conduct. It's something that's been important to him. I called him the conduct commissioner. Personal conduct so important. First class conduct, role modeling, all those things. So what are we going to see? I think that Roger Goodell is going to have to use discipline here simply to support the precedent. Now, I, I understand what you're saying. We don't have any criminal charges. Who knows what went on? But there will be some kind of evidence out there. And Roger Goodell is clearly shown, clearly shown, he will discipline without criminal charges. Okay, 11 years ago, 11 years ago, Ben Roethlisberger, six-game suspension for something that happened in a bathroom with a woman with a six-month investigation by Georgia Bureau of Investigations that led to no criminal charges. Three years ago, Ezekiel Elliott, case after case in the courts, it finally wound up six-game suspension for no criminal charges. Okay, There's your precedent. Now, I know Roger Goodell's roles have changed a little bit. The new CBA tweaks a little bit. He is now not exactly jury, but he is, as the phrase goes, still judge, still executioner. Now there's also Commissioner Exemplist. He could park Watson there, uh, but we're months away from that mattering because he's not getting paid. It's not the offseason now. I mean, it is the offseason now. It's not the season where the the checks start coming in. So here we are. (laughs) I just think we've got a problem if you're Deshaun Watson with the commissioner. I'm not going to get into the he said, she said and, and right now. I just think that Roger Goodell has clearly shown precedent. He will discipline without criminal charges. That is for high-profile players and for low-profile players. And, of course, Watson is very high-profile. Maybe as, but maybe not as high-profile as Ben Roethlisberger was in 2010 when he had one act, not multiple, one act, whatever it was, in that bathroom with the woman in Georgia and got six games, later reduced to four for quote-unquote good behavior, Corsi six games. There's a standard for domestic violence of six games, but we know about standards with the NFL. It's whatever they want to do. 
But precedent is everything in my mind. So I think Deshaun Watson, whatever happens with civil law or criminal law, I'm more worried about Goodell law for him because that will be levied. Okay, and a final rant I just want to say on a personal level. Uh, there's a contract in free agency this week that I'm proud of. I'm almost like a father. But, you know, one of my first uh, mentors in the business was an agent named Eugene Parker. He unfortunately died a few years ago. Eugene, I um, obviously I looked up to as an agent. I was a young agent when he was sort of top of the game. But then when I went to the Packers, it seemed like every year I had a player or two negotiate with Eugene Parker. I found him to be intelligent, smart, compassionate, and just a really good person. And on the business side, I thought he had an incredible understanding of player value. Some of the things we talked about here, the value of free agency, the value of short contracts, getting a player to free agency. You know, he made me uh, give a short contract to a player like Greg Jennings. He made me do short contracts that I really didn't want to do because I know the player would, again, have another bite at free agency and have an ability to make more money. Eugene passed away. When I was at the funeral, I said to his wife, I will help your sons. I believe in giving back. And of course, a couple of the sons wanted to get into the sports business. And Brandon, his son, has, was working in the agency that Eugene was with Roosevelt Barnes. And Brandon came over to Vayner Sports and kind of recruited me over there to sort of help advise agents, especially him, and sort of be a mentor, do what I can to help him out. And he scored big this week. Uh, Leonard Williams of the New York Giants, $63 million over three years. Two years basically guaranteed at $45 million. And if the fact that the third year is not guaranteed, it functionally is because by that time, they either have paid him uh, $45 million over two years and let him go into a free market, or they're working on a big contract already because it's only a three-year deal. Leonard Williams will only be 29 at that point. He's 26 now. So... What a great deal that he did. I feel like a proud father. And, you know, I'm, I'm proud, but more importantly, Eugene Parker looking down from above on one of his sons did a huge deal and a good one with the New York Giants for Leonard Williams. So it's always nice to see. That'll do it for this week's edition of Rants Rants. Thanks for listening. If you're not already, get my newsletter. It's at andrew-brandt.com. Sign up there every Sunday morning. It's called the Sunday seven. I give you seven more thoughts, kind of bonus, uh, <laughs> bonus thoughts for the week. Uh, and it's in your email box every Sunday morning, andrew-brandt.com. Also, uh, follow me on Twitter at Andrew Brandt, Instagram, Andrew Brandt Two, clubhouse. Uh, I'm on that as well. And, uh, please podcast rankings, comments, always appreciated wherever you listen to your podcast. I hope you enjoyed this one as much as I do bringing it to you. That'll do it. Thanks to Sam Brown, music producer, Brian Neal, my executive producer, and thanks to you for listening. I'll be back next week with another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brown.